looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for your company on another edition of Past the Post. It's Sunday, the 26th of November. We had a wide assortment of racing yesterday. We're going to discuss things right around Australia, and Ben Dorries is going to do it with me. He's here now. Good morning, Ben. Yeah, good morning, David. There was, of course, a Group 1 uh, run and one yesterday, although very um, quite late at night, especially if you're in uh, Victoria or New South Wales with the time difference. Um, the railway was obviously run in Perth, but it was pushed back uh, because it was going to be bloody hot. It was going to be 39, 40 degrees. As it turned out, I think it was only 33 degrees, so they could have probably run it at the normal time. But they, actually, was... they actually abandoned the first race because of that, that that scenario that they thought was going to develop. But, yeah, you're right, it, it, it never got to the 39. But it's quite unusual on an edition of Past the Post. We're actually covering racing in five states. You, you talked about Western Australia, and we'll go to that race first, the railway. But, of course, we had uh, the second day of our summer carnival here in southeast Queensland. It was the Tattersalls meeting at Doombin. The day, surprise, surprise, belonged to Tony Gollan. We'll be talking with Tony and also Clinton Taylor. We had uh, the gong at Kembla Grange, we had the Cranbourne Cup, and we had the big tab finals day at Morfordville. So there's plenty to, to cover over the next hour. And, of course, today's the Japan Cup, Ben, Equinox. How good is Equinox? Well, Best horse just, in the world. just the excitement that Joe Pride had last week. Remember mm. when we had him on and, and he was heading over with his young, uh, well, he's not so young, but his son, Brave, to, to watch Equinox. I, I got the feeling he Joe was excited about just watching that horse as almost having an Everest runner and... Uh, you know, Everest winner, all sorts of things. So, um, yeah, just the enthusiasm in his voice got me enthused. Just for the listeners out there, Ben seems to have dropped his voice this morning. Someone told him he's got a nice voice for radio and he must be working on that because you're trying to be even more mellower than you normally are. I don't know if it's working or not. I'm just scratchy, David, that's all. Is that all? (laughs) Have I read too much into it? Yeah, I blew myself up the other night, basically. (laughs) Just uh, slow recovery. You know what? I'll tell you what, I am feeling very old this morning. Last night, I didn't go, but last night was my 30-year high school reunion. 30 years, if you don't mind. Where's that gone? Bloody hell. Did you go? No, I just said I didn't go. Uh, why not? Well, I don't, didn't like half my schoolmates, to be frank. Fair enough. <laughs> can't, can't argue with that. Okay, first uh, day of uh, Perth Summer Carnival. And, of course, it's a traditional race, a time-honored race, the railway group one level. Let's go to the action. The favourite was Al Safina at $3.40. Pike starting to bustle the favourite along in the middle. Mojo Rhythm and Carly's Karma behind those. Out there wider last of the line and star trade Dom to shoot for Gotcha and the Velvet Queen whipped them all in at the 500 metre mark and it's Maracino. He brings them to the home turn. Three quarters of a length in front of Massimo. Search and Rocks is back on the inside. Searching for a run in the middle. Tuvalu. Comfort me on the outside. Sticks on. Bustler comes to the outside. Tricks of the trade getting up near the fence. Alsafina's into the clear. First the back is Roots. Maracino joined by Bustler. Bustler hits the front down to the 100. Race is clear. Alsafina's in pursuit, but Bustler's going to win the railway. It's Bustler. Bustler for the Parnham Stable beat Alsafina. Dom to shoot from nowhere, grabbing third. Tricks of the trade. Mojo rhythm, and from last came the Velvet Queen rattling home. Star trade. Maracino, comfort me. In behind those with Massimo. Search and Rocks and Tuvalu. Followed further back. Forgot you. Roots well back in the field. Last of the line, and Carly's Karma has pulled up to finish a long last. He was third up into the railway yesterday, not unnoticed in betting either, $11 down to nine, as you uh, highlighted at the start of the show. 
for the Parnham family. You see that name, you think of Western Australia straight away. Yeah, they're synonymous, aren't they, with WA Racing. Quite incredible. The first time either uh, Neville, who I think took out his training licence in 1983, if you don't mind, and his son Stephen have, have won the race um, together. They've won just about everything else over there. But, look, to me, the story of the race, really, as good as Bustler was, was... Um, you know, how it was, a, I suppose, the, the, the homegrown heroes. The first nine horses across the line in this group one were West Australian horses. Now, I mean, clearly most of the field were, were, were WA horses, but that's significant because Roots, obviously, uh, was hard in the market at $6. Uh, Tuvalu went out $4.80, and there was also Forgot You uh, racing as well. So this, this race is obviously, and a lot of them are, I guess, the winner bottom next week as well. Uh, but they're often billed as, as the sort of, you know, can these Perth horses step up and take on horses from from interstate and win? Well, they not only won yesterday, or Bustler won, but, I mean, uh, you know, as I said, top nine horses, El Safina was good. I'll tell you what, from a northerly, Group 1 northerly stakes point of view, that's on uh, in a fortnight, fortnight's time. I thought the run of Don to shoot was outstanding. I think you can still get, I think it's $11 on tab uh, for the northerly. That was a terrific run, considering uh, it was a race where... You know, those that were in the, in the business end were, were generally the ones on speed, and Dom DeShute came from well back. Yeah, he's only had the 14 starts, Buster, and he's won seven of them, so he's got a one-in-two strike rate. And you mentioned Steve Parnham. He's been on the horse every start. You don't often see that, but every start he's ridden him to victory. And, of course, uh, he's taken a, a good step forward because he was in the carnival last year and, of course, ran second to Amelia's Jewel in the Guineas. Yeah, absolutely, and, look, no disgrace doing that. Uh, given what Amelia's Jewel uh, went on to do, obviously he won the Northerly uh, last year. So, look, you would imagine that uh, Bustler would most likely head towards Northerly, which is on in a couple of weeks as well, and could potentially be joined as well by stablemate Zipaway, who a race earlier uh, won the WA Guineas in really good style. Well, we mentioned uh, Group 1 glory for Neville and Steve Parnham, but it was a big, big day for the stable because they did win the West Australian Guineas with Zipaway. It was a $7 chance. The favourite was Super Smink at $1.80. Let's hear how it panned out. They set sail for the judge. Five down led. Zip away. Quickly on terms with it though. Headed it off. And Stevie Parnham went for home. He kicked away on Zip away. Investment strategy. Super Smink coming down the outskirts of the track. It's Zip away with 100 to go. Super Smink. A lot of good men coming from the clouds. Zip away's in front. Super Smink can't get to Zip away. And Zip away has won it. Zip away. Like father, like son. Wins the guineas from Super Smink. Or a lot of good men charging. Right behind them came... Next of all, Cosmic Crusader, Blue Lagoon and Autumn Rebel. Investment strategy, Odin Omen. Next time we rate you, then rope them in. Followed further back by Massa Mune. Five down and big player is amongst the last home. Yes, yeah, Zipaway winning, only lightly raced. That was his third win at his seventh race start and uh, just too good for them. Yeah, it was a funny old race, wasn't it? Because Zipaway was an alarming drifter in betting. $4.80 out to $7 was virtually unwanted. Uh, embedding, and that was despite Neville Parnham telling anyone who would listen on radio, TV, um, newspaper articles that this horse was virtually thought virtually unbeatable. And that was with uh, he was saying that when Keshi Boom um, was actually in the field. Now she was the equal favourite, um, but was scratched on race morning. I think she uh, was feeling a little bit flat from seven days early. She was on the backup. So look, Keshi Boom came out, but. Um, you know, would he have beaten Keshi Boom? Probably. Uh, I thought Zip Away was very, very impressive and superbly ridden again uh, by his son Stephen. Now, you're heading to the winter bottom, the latest tab fixed market over past $2.80. The 
Sydney Speedster, triple missile at $6. Ripcord, who was brilliant there at Ascot the other day at $8. Oscars Fortune at 9 and then $11 or better the rest. Yeah, and of course, Damien Oliver will be back in action. He's been suspended, but his farewell tour continues, and this will be especially significant for him, obviously, where it all started for him in Perth. Uh, He's riding triple missile for Lindsay Smith, which is the second uh, favourite, as you just um, pointed out. So, look, that'll be terrific. Look, there's not as many. Generally, the winner bottom has quite a few, um, you know, interstate horses. Just looking at the betting market there, it looks outside of overpass to be a mainly... Um, WA-dominated race. But, look, I can't get that win of Ripcord out of my head. That was just spectacular. So I think that three-year-old uh, you know, will take his place. It certainly looks that way. So that uh, is a real X-factor horse, I think. And the Northerly, of course, run on the 9th of December with Zaki at $2.80. Super Smink, who raced yesterday, $7. Al Safina, who, was, who uh, ran on the railway at $8. Bustler there at $8. And Keshi Boom, who was scratched in the guineas at $8. So the carnival rolls on. The winter bottom, the Group 1 sprint next Saturday at Ascot. Let's turn our attention now to Queensland. And we're going to Doombin yesterday, where the Tattersalls Racing Club hosted the meeting. We had two listed features. Let's have a listen to the first one. This is the recognition stakes. Zarastro was always the favourite, but there was a big gamble on him late in the meeting. At the 600 metres, the first 750 and 44.62. He's on a target to lead all of the way, Zarastro. He's at a length margin over Azarich, who comes off his back, Tumbler Edge, slipping through to be third. Fourth of the men was Don't Stop, then Beaufort Park. The Vals near the rail trying to make ground. Holyfield and Scalapini pulled to the outside, but Zarastro kicked away below the 300 metres. Tumbler Edge out at ample time, trying to chase down Zarastro. At this stage, he's got a good lead. He's got a bloody good lead, Zarastro. He's out by three, four. Tumbler Edge can't make any impression, nor can anything else. And Zarastro bolts in. Different horse today. Won the recognition. Beat home Tumbler Ridge. Photo third, the vowels or don't stop. Then came Beaufort Park, followed by Animate Irish Songs. Well back was Five Oxford. Then came at the head of the others, Holyfield and Scalapini. He didn't put in at the tail end in 119-18. I think Zarastro made a very good statement yesterday, a powerful statement with that win. There was a margin there. There was time there. There was authority there. And there was way he did. There was no place for hiding. He had the wide gate. Uh, Ange Jones sent him forward, let him run at a good tempo, but well rated, well rated. And then he kicked away to win by a good margin. Let's chat now with winning trainer Tony Goddard. He's on the line. Tony, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Well, I hate getting things wrong, as you know, um, <laughs> and it often happens. And, and I was one. I think not not only one. I think there were a few there yesterday that thought Zarastro was a genuine risk at the thirteen fifty metres after he was run down at 1,200. Now, I know you mentioned post-race, and I thought it was a really significant comment that you said the other day he just knocked up because he'd had like six weeks between runs. But going into yesterday, now that the race is over, I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, did you have any doubts about him running 1,350 or a strong 1,350? Well, he's won over 1,300 at Rose Hill before, so I, I probably drew a good comparison between that and Dooman. So I wasn't overly, I wasn't overly concerned. I just... I just want to make sure that he relaxed well enough to give himself the chance to get the 1350. As you know, he can can be a touch aggressive and it probably looked as though we were going to have to sit outside lead mm. and just whether he'd handle that and relax well enough for Ange. That was, that was my only worry. And I understand why the, you know, the punters, you know, what, what people have the reservations. I mean, at one stage you were 6-4. to four, So, I mean, at 6-4, to four, you want to be sure they're going to get it, don't you? And make sure they're going to execute the race well. Where I think, you know, at that price, you probably couldn't have been sure going into it. I was adamant that it was trainer error got beat the other day. He was just too he was just too new into that. I just didn't have him screwed down quite as, as tight as I probably should have. And 
the improvement in him from that run two weeks ago into yesterday was very, very noticeable to us at home. Um, just the way he was going about his work and executing things for us. Because he's, he's a hot, strong horse and he's often not easy, but he, he's, the fortnight I had going into yesterday was, was first class with him. And I just knew the horse was in a good zone. It was just a matter of him being able to handle if he was put into an awkward position. Tone, does it give you um, just as much satisfaction or almost as much satisfaction uh, getting these, for want of a better word, second-hand horses and doing what you're doing with them than it does sort of developing one in your own backyard? I mean, there's, there's a trick to yeah. it as well, isn't there? Oh, look, they've always, this, these sorts of horses like him, and geez, we've had a lot over the years now, um, you know, they give us great satisfaction. You know, I mean, our last two Group 1 winners were, were second-handers, had two and three homes. So it's not like it hasn't happened for us before, but it gives a huge satisfaction for these horses because they all, you know, you try and work them out and get them in a good place, you know, fit, sound and happy. And they've obviously got ability. We don't, you know, we don't sort of give them the ability. They're born with that. But just getting them to execute and, and do things well. Sometimes we're just we're just in the right place at the right time a lot of the time. And you know, you're very proud of this horse's effort yesterday. And I was also really happy, really really proud of Angie's ride on him. You know, so their first year out of her time, and I find it the toughest year for these kids. And she wasn't an apprentice for very long in town. She only one season. So you know, I thought I thought her ride yesterday was very good. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because she probably went into the race. I mean, any uh, young jockey coming out of their time riding a short price favourite in a big race on a Saturday. Never easy, even but then allowing for the fact that it was beaten last time out as an even-money favourite. So, you know, she's going to the race with a with some trepidation, but Ben will tune out now because I'm going to mention some sectional times, but the, 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 way she, the way she rode this horse is really borne out by the time. So she had to do a little bit of work early. Look at Betty's just shaking his head in our sectional time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll call you back in a moment. I'll, I'll talk to Tony. But but she came out like um, the first furlong, 10.49, then 11.25. So there was really good speed. This is, this adds yeah. to the merit of the horse, getting that first turn. But then she backed it off, 11.94, 11.67 down the side, giving him the breather, but still running at a, a fair tempo. But then between the 400 and the 200, whiz, 11.14. Make them chase, make them, make them, uh, you know, break their hearts, and then be able to sustain it at eleven eight. I thought it was a really well judged ride. Yeah, I totally agree because it certainly wasn't. We didn't probably feel that we would cross uh, as a reach from that from that one alley. We thought that it would probably go out, and we were just hopeful that it would run along at a good clip for us so that we could sit outside the lead, maybe back a length, and just get into a nice rhythm. Mm. But it was pretty apparent you know, down that back straight there, that we, were, that we were just going far better than that horse was. And when Jake Bayless kind of handed up, but although, like you said, they were going at pretty good sectionals for a soft six as well. Track, I think, might have been a touch better than a six, but still, they were significant sectionals for that sort of rate of ground. And once you got across to the front, you did give them a couple of furlong breathers. That's all you need if you've, if you've got a good horse at that level. They've only got to get two furlongs where they can come back under under their jockey for a little bit. And then from that point on, it's... It's rate your horse home then, but I thought she did a really good job. The horse did a super job as well. Uh, just full credit to the team. They're, they're, they're a good team, Ange Jones and Zarastra. Speaking of super jobs, did you get any of the $8 that uh, went up about Comrade Razor earlier in the week? Started $2.70 and one lot far left? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to come into what I got out of that or not, but he, um, she obviously was put up the wrong price. Then she was at $5 for quite a while also, mm. so I always felt she was going to shorten. I thought it was a bit bemused by that price because I thought her run two weeks ago was, was very obvious. It was there for all to see. We drew wide. We had to go right back. You know, 
and just take our medicine off that good draw. We're always going to map a lot closer. Well, speed maps still had a right back towards the rear, which I thought was madness. So Maloney gave her the, the perfect ride off a nice gate. He put her in the right position. He improved into the race at the right time. And he just offered no excuses. And that's all you ask when you've got a horse of what I thought was the best horse in the race. And he executed the ride beautifully. Come back to Comrade Rosa in just a moment. Just one final question on Zarastro. He's a Magic Millions graduate. I think you alluded to the Magic Millions Cup yesterday, but there's a few weeks to pass before January 13. Have you considered a next start for Zarastro? Well, I just thought I really want to get through yesterday first. Um, that sort of told the tale where we were going to go. I, I was quietly confident I could get the trip, but I wanted to see him execute it and do it well. And being as dominant as he was, it just might change my, my leading, my plan into it now. Because I didn't know whether we'd be looking at the sprint or the cup. Mm. But off yesterday, I'm probably more heading one want to head towards the cup now. So I'll just have a bit of a look at him over the next 48 hours, just see how he's come through it. Then I'll make a plan. Yesterday, I think I mentioned, it was the first time we've had him back to the races on a 14-day turnaround. Every other time, it'd been four weeks. And then the latest was at six weeks. So I had to just back off him a bit. So I had some carrots less for this summer. So I loved I loved seeing him on that two, on that fourteen day turnaround yesterday. Whether I extend that back out to a month now, yeah. in the Magic Millions, I'll, I'll just ascertain what I think is is my best preparation because I really want to see him there at that big day, in the best shape possible. And if we can do that, I think he's a he's a right sort of horse to run well. He deserves to be there. And a, a race like the Buffering on the thirtieth, thirteen fifty. At uh, Dooman, um, you know, three hundred thousand dollars. The lock day two weeks early, but there's options there. Comrade Rosa, just going back to her. Um, I think this is a no-brainer, but correct me if I'm wrong. Is she a mare that has well exceeded your expectations from what you started with when when you got her? Yeah, she's funny. Um, this this mare, she was meant she was was going to come to me right from a yearling with Linda Border, and there was a mix-up um, with the cutest because she could have been cutest for breed back and just didn't get paid for whatever reason. So she went down to Sydney. So I'd been watching her her whole career. Like I watched a lot of Linda and Graham's horses. You know, they're obviously terrific supporters in my stable. So I sort of watch them all around the country because you never know if I might bob up back with you at some time. And I've been watching this horse all the way along and I've always felt it had good ability, but it was just obviously quite immature. And I think I just got it at the right time. But she has. She's definitely exceeded my expectation. I was very worried about her into the winter carnival. I just didn't love the, sh- the break I gave her, how she sort of come back. And I just... She had a really busy year. And just the improvement in her throughout that winter was amazing. She got to a level very quickly that I wasn't sure she would. But ever since that that winter carnival, nothing surprises me with her now. I, you know, I know what sort of mare I'm, I've got and th- these other mares are unlucky to run into her in a summer carnival under set weights and penalties. And they were the big races. Obviously, you couldn't sneeze either at the, uh, the, the trifecta you picked up in the, the benchmark 68. I thought Warby was terrific, but Black Max in defeat was also fabulous. Yeah, he's just a fit, healthy horse, Black Max. He's just... He just Probably pains that consistent. The 60 kilos is just anchoring him a bit, but he, he's going really well for, for Peter Howe and his group down there in Victoria. Sent him up to us, and Warby was great. I, I think he was the horse in that race that's got that talent to go further. I think he's always had good talent. And Kira Ma had him. He ran the Black Opal, might have been his first start in the race or something like that. So he's always had good ability. It's just a matter of maturing and working him out a little bit, and oh, he's going to he's going to be a very well placed horse here in Queensland. But not that far. Off Magic Millions, obviously. We're in late uh, November. Uh, that's early January. Have you got one in the back pocket that you might produce in the next few weeks that the listeners can uh, can focus on or at least keep an eye on uh, heading into Magic Millions? A two-year-old I'm talking about. No, I think with the babies, we've just got to wait and see. I, I don't really pencil anything out with them because I think the heat today gone tomorrow, a lot of them, you saw Trapezo, a short price favourite yesterday, scratched and 
he'll have a short break. He, he's just come to the end of it on me, unfortunately. But so look, there are still quite a lot of nice two-year-olds now. Yeah, they're coming through, and I think timing is is the key. Obviously, to win that race, and you know we've got to try and get one to step out in the next three or four weeks. And if we do, then the timing will, will have worked well for us. But I won't I won't single one name out this morning. But well, well, one name that we do know is Barbie's sister. Will she go to the the Callaway Gal? <clears throat> yeah, she will. She she was a bit tired Sunday, Monday last week. You know, understandably so. Went along at a pretty slick slick gallop for for two year old company on the day. They weren't far away from that three year old time, so it was quite slick. Um, she went down Brook for a week. I'll look at her again in the morning. I'm really keen to see what she does these next seven days for me. If she's improved, like I hope she has, um, she'll definitely head to that Callaway Gal and. You'll see a, should see a better version of her. I don't think there's a question you can't answer. So just one final question with Comrade Rose, <laughs> just going back to her. Um, you did mention yesterday post-race that you'll give her a light summer. Uh, what, what what race is next for her? What, where will you go to? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll just have a look. Probably the, the set weights and pens race, I, I guess, maybe three or four weeks' time. I'll just see. I, I just want to have a bit of a look at her as well make a decision. She'll possibly only have the one more run. She's not Magic Millions, mm. so I don't have that big carrot at the end of the yeah. at the end of the summer for her. So she'll have one more start. We'll put her away. Then I'll just work out what I do with her. Do I consider Sydney with her in the autumn before I come back to Brisbane? Or do I just really set her on a on a winter carnival path? Probably the way I'm thinking at the moment, I'll probably just give her a break for the winter. So I think she's gonna be a really nice man next winter and I desperately want to get her back to that Pat's Tiara. It just feels a bit of unfinished business with her. Yeah. Well, it was three winners yesterday. A good good day at the office. You've only got a hundred and hundred and what is it? The forty hundred forty nine to get that hundred and sixty. So you're on your way anyway. <laughs> just keep chipping away. You'll do it. Uh, we'll just keep chipping at it. There we go. But no, stable's going really good. Very proud of all the team's effort yesterday. Horses as a whole raced raced well. And that's all we can ask for. Yeah, and this is the time of the year you want them to go well, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, we start to build up now towards Magic Millions. It just feels like yesterday we were down there buying last year's one. Yeah. But we start our build up now and, you know, getting our owners hopefully a bit excited for that sale. It's a very competitive market and looking forward to getting down there and hopefully getting getting a few some future stars in, in January. Have a good day, mate. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, guys. Cheers, eh? Tony Gollan. And uh, it is delightful to talk to him. He's just a, not only a, a fan of information, but the way he expresses it is just, just outstanding. Do you know what? Just about everyone in racing is delightful to talk to. And I say that, I covered cricket for 15 years. Sometimes it would dead set take me two weeks to organise an interview with the 40th best cricketer in Australia. Like there's media managers, everything's so tightly controlled, the flow of information. We're blessed, aren't we, in racing on a Sunday morning? I think so. We can pretty much ring whoever we want, get them on the show. If I want to do a story for the paper or race net, you know, unless I've got a blue with someone, which does happen, David, believe it or not. But but look, uh, my point is... Racing is a very giving industry and, you know, of course, they're promoting their businesses as well. There's something in it for them, but um, they don't have to answer the call, do they? I'm sure Tony's got better things on a Sunday morning to do than talk to us, but good on him and, as you say, great information. Zarastro dominated the recognition. You say you can't offer an excuse for any other horse in the race. Start Tondes, by the way, was a late scratching. There was an incident in the tie-up stall, so she was pulled out. And, uh, and and Comrade Rosa uh, was was dominant as well. I thought Better Get Set was good in second. Extremist, always honest, good in third. Uh, Eagle Nest, uh, this race turned out a bit strangely because it missed the kick uncharacteristically and then had to drive through and couldn't get to the front. On the other side of the coin, I thought Katarina and Aureus Angel were both disappointed. I expected more from them. Uh, Mr Producer, what we'll do now is we'll listen to Comrade Rosa's replay. That's race seven, and then we'll focus on the two-year-old race. 
Round the bend, 350 left, Arada. Extremist going better than Windside. Better gets it, push into the clear. Self-indulgent, and all of a sudden, Comrade Rosa descends right down the outside and is looking pretty good below the 200 metres. Maloney hit the go button. There was a good kick there. Extremist battles on. Comrade Rosa's got it, though, and pulls away. Too good. Heavily backed and won the Tats Classic. Beat Better gets set, third Extremist. Fourth row, Eagle Nest or Chatty Lady. Then Deep Rouge, followed by Windside. Self-indulgent, Ekaterina Aureus Angel. Glorious Ruby and Compassionate Last Home in 1987. And just to close off on that Gollum chapter from yesterday, Ben, one thing that we didn't mention, uh, it was remiss of us, uh, look at Warby's win, look at Comrade Rose's win and look at the ride. Yeah, tremendous, weren't they? Ah, Maloney. He is is back in the groove well and truly and they were just masterclasses, both of them. Yeah, I reckon getting that shiny new set of teeth helps a lot of sports people. When you see them with the shiny new set of teeth, geez, they lift. I didn't know that. Yeah, the veneers, whatever they are. Oh, a lot of them, a lot of them haven't, David. A lot of them. Let's go to the two-year-old because, of course, as every week goes by, we count down to Magic Millions on January 13. Yesterday, we had a small field in the race over the 11, 10 metres, but a lot of interest created with the appearance of the Central Queensland youngster Astapor. Don't have the one start at Callaghan Park, which he won, and he was an odds-on favourite yesterday. Travelling down the side now, 500 left to Rana. Mashana Ego making every post a winning post, trying to do it all the way, but Astapor has him firmly in his sights and is gaining on the margin as they round the turn. Fire Up Zeus being shaken up in third. Then Mashani Eclipse of Mashani Opal by the 300 metres, fully homeward bound. And the leader was Mashani Ego. Astapor looming large, might be going better. They're clear of the others. Down below the 200 metres, Mashani Ego now swallowed up by Astapor and the central Queenslander sails away. Two from two, and he's good at the city. Astapor stretched away, won by three and a half from Mashani Ego, Mashani Eclipse, Mashani Opal, and Fire Up Zeus last time in 1533. So Astapor uh, came to the city and conquered, beating only four rivals, admittedly, but did it uh, in with consummate ease, and there was a good margin there. I'll talk about the time in just a moment, but let, let's uh, be joined now by the trainer, Clint Taylor. Clint, good morning, congratulations. Uh, thanks very much. Good morning to you all. Well, uh, you, when you make the trip here, you uh, rarely go home empty-handed. And uh, this fellow, the thing that I like about him, firstly, was he was a, a fairly cheap buy. I think was it thirty-eight thousand. Yeah, that's right. And he was born in January too, where they average about two hundred thousand. So he slipped through the cracks there, and uh, I'm glad to have him in the stable. Clinton, congratulations. Gee whiz, I reckon you've got something to work with here. That win in Rockhampton on debut, he had no idea what it was all about, did he? And and even yesterday, you could sort of tell he was new and didn't sort of the penny hadn't quite dropped yet. I mean, can you put a level of improvement on him once he works out what it's all about? Because, yes, he only beat four rivals yesterday, but couldn't have been any more impressive. When he works out what he's doing, he's going to be some sort of horse, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. Um, we've always had a big rap on him, but that's sort of been his trade a bit. He's... he's... He's really trying to let go, but he's sort of not sure how to do it. He's very raw and untapped. And, um, look, I think if we look after him, uh, we're playing with a, a pretty talented horse. He uh, wasn't the best away yesterday, but, but uh, that was offset by the small field and Justin got him into the, into the right spot. Just gave him three taps with the persuader over the last 200 metres. But I mentioned before you came on air, there's a good time comparison yesterday. He ran one five twenty two. The last race of the day, this was a good benchmark 80. They ran 1.502. So when the two-year-olds can get close to the older horses, it, it gives it gives Astabor another tick, I think, in the right box. 
Yeah, 100%. Um, look, as I said, uh, right right from um, a long time ago, we, we stamped him as a horse with really good ability. And, um, look, I've just tried to nurse him along and um, just thought it was a really nice race for him. I think a small field was good for him yesterday. So, you know, he didn't get lost in behind him. And, um, look, we'll uh, ra- keep raising the bar and see where he takes us. So with that seeing where he takes you, I mean, he's got enough prize money now um, to get him in the, the Magic Millions two-year-old classic, unless it's an extraordinary year, I'm sure he would have enough money. I mean, do you do you look at that and work backwards from that, or do you still think he, you know, you, you've, you've, he still, even though he might have enough prize money, he's still got to prove that he, he warrants being there? Yeah, 100%. Look, he'll go for a 10-day freshen up now at Embrook, um, We'll give him a fresh nut, bring him back home, and um, you know, obviously you pay up for them kind of races, and they're you know, it's a dream to have a horse in a race like that. So, look, we will aim him for that, and probably one run into it, and um, you know, get a bit of a guide off, off that, um, you know, whether he's worthy of being there. But um, look, he, um, I think a race like that with really good speed, if he could draw a nice alley off a hot speed, I, I think he'd be there about. Certainly. Uh, I know you spoke with Stephen yesterday on air, but just for our listeners who might have been listening yesterday morning, what's the, the, the current plan with Chinny Boom? Uh, look, uh, yeah, she um, she trialled up really nice here the other day. Um, we, we give her a really, um, a really big spell. She trialled really nice here last Wednesday. And, um, look, I, I'm just preferably uh, pick a race in the north for her first before I head back down just to get a good look at her. But um, uh, we couldn't be happy with her at this stage. Did you come to any conclusion about her her last campaign? What went wrong? What, what, why she raced below expectations? No, no, we um, still scratch our heads with that. Look, that's why we give her a really big spell. Um, uh, we just brought her back really low key. She's had two short jump outs and one one long trial. Um, she's been in work some seventeen weeks. You know, just ticking her along and you know making sure that every, everything's. Um, all the all the eyes are dotted and the T's are crossed. Um, but look, she, we still come up with nothing there. You know, uh, there's been no hiding that she's not the sounder source. You know, she she failed X-rays as a yearling and stuff. So maybe let's um, hope it was just a little jarring or something that we couldn't pick up. But um, I couldn't be happy with where she's at. It'll be good to see her back. Just one question before you go. Maybe you don't know the answer to this. What does Astapor mean? I don't know, to be honest. Um, um, I've been told it's something to do with um, Game of Thrones or some TV show, uh, but I, I don't really watch much TV. I don't get time, so um, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure, sure your, the Google would tell you if you typed it in. Uh, 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 my, my colleague here, Ben Dorries, has got it up. What does it mean, Ben? Now, I'm, I'll read this out, but I've still got no idea what this means. Astapor, dubbed the Red City, is the southernmost of the slaver cities on Slaver's Bay. Well, what's that? Some oh, silly no, TV show or something? No, be nice. Doesn't matter what the name is, he's a bloody good horse. Good on you, mate. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thanks for the call. Good on you. Clint Taylor joining us this morning. Uh, a trainer with a great strike rate in central Queensland. And, yeah, I, I like this horse. Uh, it, it's you, You've got to, uh, you know, speak on balance. He beat four rivals yesterday uh, who wouldn't get cited in the Magic Million. So but just keep that in mind. And, you know, beat central Queensland opposition on debut. But the manner he's going about it and the time he's running suggests that he is above average. You know how sometimes you give me jobs to do? You yeah. say, get this done. I've got one for you. What's that? You've got to get Rodney Hay on, the owner, on your, one of your shows, whether it's this one or, or Monday, press room. He's a character, I reckon. He's a larrikin. Yeah. Have you spoken to him? No, but I've heard stories. Well, we'll good stories. It. Very good stories. Whatever you want, I'll, I'll, I'll do. But Put it uh, this way. He sounds like a lot of fun. Well, we'll do that in the near future. Now, so yesterday, uh, 
I've thrown you now, haven't I? Completely no, thrown you. I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> Still trying to work out that thing about Astapor as well. It's all confusing. Uh, so, Gollum with a treble, uh, Maloney with a double, uh, Chris Waller with a treble, uh, Jimmy Orman a riding treble. So, all of the big names came to the fore yesterday, day two of the carnival. You're not going to be here next Saturday, but it's a good day at Doom. And this is, we're actually now into summer officially <laughs> next week. Uh, we've got the George Moore Group uh, Group Three level. We've got the two big country races, so there's going to be a big crowd at Doom, and they'll all come there from all parts of Queensland for the Stampede and the, the Challenge. Scott Powell will be calling those races for the radio and, and Sky Networks. But there's a lot of other good races. We've got the Mode Stakes for the three-year-old fillies, the Pirata Plate for the three-year-old Colts and Gillings, the Eagle Way for the three-year-old Stayers. So at least seven feature races there next Saturday at Doombum. Should be a good day. The first of five BRC meetings as part of their contribution to the Summer Carnival. Let's take a break here on, on Pass the Post. When we come back, we've still got plenty to, to uh, get, get through, including a look back at Kembla, Cranbourne and also Morfordville. You're listening to Radio Tab's Pass the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. And Pass the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Don't forget the website, archerparkracing.com.au. Archerparkracing.com.au. It's all left to see on the website. Let's turn our attention now to Kembla Grange and their big uh, uh, Saturday meeting. And, of course, their big feature is the Million Dollar Gong. Here's the action with Darren Flindell. They've got 4.75 to go. Surf Dancer, Skyman, Lock Eagle, Detonator Jacks pulling out. What out there is Cuban Real. Back on the inside, Communist Palmetto making ground. Ossipenko still a long way off them as Jack. Jack takes the lead. Detonator Jack. Ossipenko into the clear, running on. But Detonator Jack has exploded clear inside the 150. Ossipenko, Lock Eagle, funny up minor prize money. The blinkers have done the trick today. Detonator Jack bolts in the gong. Beat Lock Eagle and Ossipenko. A gap back to New Mandate and Waterford. Further back to Palmetto. Then Wicklow. Cuban Real from Communist. Skyman drifted out of it together with Surf Dancer. Akado and Wow Planet. It was nearly a year between wins for Detonator Jack but that's a little unfair to, to, to make that claim because this horse has never run a bad race. In fact in his 15 start career he's won six of them and been placed in, in seven others so I think he's only missed top three once in his career, they put the blinkers on yesterday, Ben, and uh, that, well, did the trick and put him into winning form. Yeah, it was just an emphatic win, really, at the end of the day, wasn't it? If you're on at the $4.60, I don't think you ever had a second of pain, especially when the well-backed Lock Eagle was, um, you know, he finished runner-up, was enduring a bit of a, a tough run. But Jason Collett wasn't either the, the man in form yesterday. Correct, yeah. Three winners. I hate using the word underrated because I don't think anyone is necessarily underrated in life. He's rated by a lot of people, but he, he, I guess he's not rated at that, you know, James McDonald, Nashville Willer kind of level. He is just in superb form, and he's a very trustworthy jockey, isn't he? If you, uh, he's going to give you a lot more sparkling rides than bad rides, I reckon, Jay Collett. And he's no man's fool. You can hear him talk post-race. He's a deep thinker. Yeah, 100%. Um, the, Mar and Eustace, of course, prepared Detonator Jack. They've got an interesting... Uh, conundrum now. Uh, where do they go? Do they go? To, do they stay in Sydney, where he's been racing? Detonator Jack and go to the two million dollar Ingham, which is on December nine, which is the same day as the Ballarat Cup. And I think, just by reading this morning's press, Kieran Ma, who was at Kimberley yesterday, is maybe more inclined to go to the Ballarat Cup. Yeah, a bit of an odd one, really. I'd stay in Sydney for the big money, but anyway. it's worth two million. Yeah. Uh, Lock Eagle, who of course loves wet tracks, was a big firmer in the market. He ran well in second, and Osipenko got a long way back. Never really looked like. Featuring as the winner, 
but did best late to get third. That was the, the feature, the gong. Let's go to the other feature, the sprint, the Warra, over the 1,000 metres. Insurrection leads thundering to the turn. Insurrection from recommendation. 11-11 out deep. Brutal with the white face back towards the inside. Then came Athelric, uh, Dehorned Unicorn. Getting to the outside, quick tempo. And there's plenty of room for Dragonstone if good enough. 300 metres to run and Insurrection scooting along. Insurrection two lengths, now a length on recommendation. Followed then by uh, down the outside is quick tempo. But Insurrection a big leader from Quink Tepco down the outside late. But Insurrection... Direction leads all the way. Quick tempo second from recommendation. Dragonstone fourth, followed by Brudnell. Then came Athelric from Dehorned Unicorn, 11-11. Bacchanali was tardy out, but by the same token was very disappointing last. Insurrection is an above-average short courser. It's as simple as that. That was his sixth win yesterday from his 18th start, trained by Michael Freeman. Zach Lloyd knows him well in those six wins Zach's been aboard in four of them, and... Uh, a speed horse had ridden for speed led all the way. Yeah, another race that was never in doubt. Uh, good on Zach Lloyd too. I get the feeling he's really ridden racing's roller coaster in the last um, couple of months. Uh, I reckon he was pretty upset with his Cox Plate ride on Militarise, and there was a few others. Uh, there were a bit, you know, young kids sort of, you know, shot to prominence very quickly. It's not all sort of, you know, beer and skittle sometimes. But uh, yesterday showed, uh, not that we probably needed to know, but. Uh, he's a very, very good young kid on the way up. And I love that picture of him. There's a really nice picture on social media with him and Darren Beedman yesterday. Mm. Darren Beedman just in his ear. I'll tell you what, if you've got Darren Beedman in your corner, you're not going to do much wrong, eh? And I think we said it once before when we interviewed him. I forget the race that he won. He was a guest here on Past the Post. He handled himself extremely well. I watched him the other day. He was on a, a, a Sky program and, and just chatting. But... Uh, very polished. Mm. He looks like he's about 12, doesn't he? Except he's tall, but he, geez, he looks young. Yeah. He looks really young. I suppose he is. But... He's young. <laughs> he's young <laughs> us. Okay, that was Kembla. Cranbourne, uh, their big day yesterday in Melbourne. This was the Metropolitan Meeting. The half million dollar Cranbourne Cup was the feature. Here's the replay with Matt Hill. The leaders keep them running. Two lengths Umgawa. Then came Charterhouse and Euphoric as last. So it's Ascension approaching the corner. 500 metres to go by a length and a half to Just Folk. Two lengths pounding Ryazan. Here to shock hook to the outside from Foxy Cleopatra. Still six off the lead from Lord Vladivostok. Charterhouse, Umgawa and Euphoric with a lot to do. Into the straight at the 300 metres. It's Ascension. It's got a good gap on them. About two and a half to Just Folk pounding. Here to shock. And they were followed next by Foxy Cleopatra, but it's Ascension. 100 metres to go. Starting to get a little bit tired, and here's Charterhouse over the top. Charterhouse with Foxy Cleopatra. Charterhouse back to its best. Won the Cranbourne Cup from Foxy Cleopatra. Then just folk Ascension, who gave a brave sight and euphoric out of the ground in a decision for the placings. A gap Umgawa pounding. Then here to shock Lord Vladivostok, and Ryazan was last of all. Well, Kieran Maher and David Eustace came up trumps with detonated Jack in the gong at Kembla, and they won the Big one at Cranbourne as well with Charterhouse. Yeah, absolutely unsighted in the Turak, this horse. You couldn't have seen him uh, with binoculars. But, um, again, masterstroke from this training combo. And Declan Bates, who we had on this show, was it last week or a few weeks ago anyway, continues his, his meteoric rise. Yes, this wasn't a Group 1, but I guess it showed, didn't it? I mean, the pride of Jenny rides were terrific. They were on pace. He judged them superbly. But this was a very different kind of ride, ducking and weaving and, mm. and coming from from behind. So good on Declan Bates. Well, this is a race that changed complexion dramatically. If you actually stop the, the video at the 100 metres ascension, who was the stable-mated, 
really rocked and rolled along in front. It was still two, two and a half lengths in front. Charterhouse was running about sixth, but all of a sudden, that last 50 metres ascension got really leg-weary and there was a swarm. And Charterhouse was the one who was of the swarm that, that finished the best. He's an import. He's only had the five runs here in Australia. And, uh, or, uh, yeah, five runs. And that uh, now he wins the Cranbourne Cup. Uh, the, their feature sprint was the Apache Cat Classic. Here's the replay. Taunting now eyeballed by Midwest approaching the turn of the 400. Jungle Jim is stoked up out wider. Then came Generation smoking the pipe behind those horses. Rich Fortune still three off the lead from Twin Perfection. Midwest up to Taunting at the top of the straight. Generation back to the inside then Jungle Jim. It's Taunting under the whip about a length in front. Midwest is chipping away the outside. Taunting 100 metres to go. Kick Taunting. Taunting kicked and put the race to bed. Taunting a big winner. Head a second Midwest or Generation, then Shellerman, Rich Fortune, next Jungle, Jim and Alicia Roma, Twin Perfection, and Exeter. What you're always doing to me, taunting, but uh, but ridden to his uh, his strength, speed. You know, had the good gait, straight to the front, rolled along, and they couldn't catch him. Yeah, I reckon if we delved into this, which we don't have time to now, but a bit further, we'd find a, a, a really heartwarming story. T.O. Nugent, of course, rode taunting to win yesterday. He was out of the saddle for seven months. Mm with shocking injuries after a Mooney Valley fall earlier in the year. And, and at one point, just looking at the pictures on, I think, on Facebook or social media, you sort of actually questioned whether you would ride again. Like, he just looked in a shocking way. So, um, yeah, again, not, not a sort of Group 1 race by any means, but, you know, a, a special feature, special local feature, and a real pick-me-up, I reckon, for T.O. Nugent. That was racing at Cranbourne yesterday. We're back to Caulfield next Saturday. There's a host of uh, feature races there. Of course, the Zipping Classic, the... Sandown, Ganesa, and many other black-type races. So a big day at Caulfield next Saturday. Then, of course, the Sunday after is at Ballarat. This is past the Post. Thanks for your company this morning. Let's conclude the show by looking back at some of the highlights from Morpherville yesterday. It was Tab Finals Day, and we'd had heats of these uh, series over the last few months, uh, resulting in, I think, $600,000 races yesterday and three other feature races. Let's go to the second race. This was the Rebel Raider Series final for the three-year-olds. Here's the action with Brett Davis. Business time. Santastico, 400 metres out. A half on Nasho. Another house. Walk like an angel. Kinetic Jewel is rustled along now. And Kalasek to the outside. Santastico, Nasho. Walk like an angel's letting down with power. She's raced up to take the lead. Walk like an angel. From Santastico, Nasho. Another house. Kinetic Jewel. And then Kalasek. But walk like an angel. She's different class in the final. And she has trotted in by nearly five. Another house and Kalasek in a photo for the Miners. Fourth is Kinetic Jewel. Then Fun Forever, Nasho, Santastico and Huggle Time. This is only her second racing campaign and she was second up yesterday after running second to Kinetic Jewel. And uh, she won with a lot of authority. To say she made a statement would be an understatement. The man who trains her is Andrew Lewis, and he's joining us online. Andrew, good morning. How are you? David, well, thanks. How are you? I'm particularly well because uh, <laughs> I, could imagine. I was watching at Dubin yesterday and uh, to, yeah. to declare I have an interest in Walk Like an Angel. Andrew, we expected her to run well yesterday. She's never run badly. But I think even those closest to the horse would have been really stoked. The fact that there was a margin there and the time as well was outstanding. Yeah, she, um, like her first up run was, was fair. Um, she's been a bit of a, been through... Uh, the preparation of this uh, this time through, she's been that little bit aggressive. So 
the first up one run was that, and we had the blinkers on, which was a bit of a legacy of the last trap, which mm. was that little bit green. We sort of had them on and um, just to straighten her up that little bit. Um, but, yeah, just the way she'd come up, she probably didn't need them. And first up, she's that bit aggressive. And she raced well, uh, but just uh, set the race up for Kinetic Jewel on that occasion. Um, yesterday, then stepping out to the 1,200 metres, we just thought we'd try to have her as settled as possible. And that worked. And with the frenetic pace of the race as well, we, uh, yeah, she um, let down nicely off a, uh, yeah, off a, um, yeah, nice, nice speed. So, yeah, she definitely shows that she's got something to offer. It was a, a perfect ride from from Stubby, from Jason Holden. We expect nothing less. He basically put her into a one-out, one-back position. But it was that last 100 metres, that acceleration and the gap she put on them. But as I mentioned about the time, I think she ran just a tick over 110. There's a good comparison there yesterday, Gluey, because three other races were run at 1,200, including an open company race. They all ran at least either three quarters or a second slower. So the mm. times don't lie. No, not at all. Yeah, I was watching that uh, that Open uh, G-Trail Series final with a bit of interest. And, um, yeah, she's uh, definitely put her hand up that, uh, that she can run uh, run around uh, them. So, um, you know, the looking forward, you know, perhaps she, uh, we can pop her into our Christmas handicap and, you know, be a live chance, validated, you know, one well for the back marker coming home. And, you know, perhaps we can be a horse that can take position and uh, give it something to chase home, perhaps in a fortnight. What's it like having David Fowler as one of your owners? Does he ring? <laughs> does he ring you and try and train the horse for you? Yeah, does he? Does he blow up if if things don't go to plan? What's he like? <laughs> nah, he's good because he keeps coming. And uh, Deer and Skittles, they've been uh, they've been uh, touched with a bit of magic, I think, over time. They've uh, had some good horses, or he's had some good horses, and you know uh, him, Terry, and uh, Brooksy keep a low profile. And uh, not anymore. Yeah, things, things, <laughs> nah, not anymore. Well. Yeah, it's, it's a bit exciting, and I'm particularly uh, on the back of what happened with another award sort of last season. Yeah, it was Tequila Time as well. He, he was great. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, it's nice to have another filly that looks like she's got uh, you know, a bit of scope. And the, 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 it was ironical, wasn't it, that she won the Rebel Raiders series, of course, mm. uh, which Leon trained, and uh, and she races in Rebel Raiders colours, which, of course, is the McDonald colours, the white and black stripes. Uh just on uh, Leon, of course, uh, he's still part of the whole operation, but he officially retired at the end of last season. How have you handled things? Is it a bit different uh, now just being solo? Oh, uh, yeah, it's definitely different. Um, he's, uh, in, yeah, definitely different. Well, he's uh, definitely uh, retired, and um, with that, he's he's taken off to South Africa, and then off to the Gold Coast, and then went to Tasmania. So he's, uh, he and Pam have gotten going. So they're in their early 80s, but not slowing down, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, Leon's there, and he's he's uh, you know there as a consultant for me, and you know we just talk through things like we've done for a long time now, and um, yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's a good thing, and you know Leon sort of called time, and they had a um, the Hall of Fame sort of meet, um, luncheon yesterday at uh, Morfordville, and you know he's very much still involved. Good work, Andrew. Thanks for being with us this morning, and uh, we'll chat soon. Lovely. Thanks, David. Bye-bye. Here is Andrew Lewis, the trainer of Walk Like an Angel, who was very impressive winning yesterday. Let's have a listen to a couple of the other highlights from Morfordville on their big day. And we'll go to the, the seventh race. And this is the one that Andrew was just referring to, the, the G-Trail final over the 1,200 metres for the open classes.
Celsius Star now joined by Kuman as they roll at the 600. They're a couple clear on struck by with the gun run. Star Hills, Tudamore Vada, My Khalifa Ocean Reward. Then Magic Max validated Bellinger. River Twain is out of his depth as they race up to the bend. Kuman now shading Celsius Star as they swing. Struck by is about to strike them. Then Star Hills Ocean gets to the outside Ocean Reward and then Magic Max and My Khalifa. Kuman took a narrow lead. Celsius Star in for the fight. Celsius Star shook off Cumin. Out wide, Ocean Reward. Now barging through Bellinger from the back and validated the deepest. Validated, steaming to Bellinger and probably won. Maybe validated from Bellinger. They overhauled Ocean Reward and Celsius Star with a gap back to Magic Max, Mike Khalifa and Cumin. Next in the race was Star Hills from struck by Morvada. And River Twain, a long last. It's a photo officially, but validated. We'll get it. Yeah, he certainly did for Peter and Belinda Blanche. And uh, he's lightly raced. He's only had the 12 starts. That was, that was his sixth win with Dom Turner riding. Our final replay for this morning's Past the Post is the Tab Vidora Series final for the Phillies and Mares. They will for home in the Tabvadora Series final and Starlight Valley says catch me if you can. Picky, Billy Bronx, Lady Simone, Aztec Dancer back to the fence, then Miss Muccini further out, Suggestive Miss Starlight Valley with a f- wing on every hoof, kept going a couple clear. Picky, Miss Muccini Suggestive Miss, Lady Simone Billy Bronx, they're all chasing in vain Starlight Valley, brilliant led all the way to score, Suggestive Miss, Exalted Dame Picky Dawnburst, second to none Lady Simone, close up as well, uh, was Billy Bronx and then Miss Muccini, Dawn Burst. Aztec Dancers finished towards the back. It was a one-act affair. Starlight Valley, uh, again, uh, a mere not overly raced. That was a 21st start, a seventh win. Sheridan Tomlinson, of course, uh, was here based in, in south-east Queensland, now rides in South Australia. He had the, the ride with the three-kilo claim. Kim Healy, the trainer at Strath Alban. So a good day of racing at Morfordville yesterday. And, of course, uh, the inductees into the Hall of Fame were, were honoured at a special lunch yesterday. Of course, Fleur was the horse entry, trained by Colin Hayes, uh, a great horse in the late 60s. Former jockey, Glyn Pretty. And, of course, David Peacock, a wonderful administrator and owner and breeder. So congratulations to those three. That's about our show, my old mate. Uh, it is. Just very quickly, I want to give a shout-out to Cameron Smith, the golfer. Mm-hmm. The classiest thing I've seen in a while. Missed the cut at the Australian PGA. Was in tears, shocking. Uh, was so disappointed in his effort, yet turned up yesterday. Sat in line and signed autographs for everyone who wanted them, even though he was out of the tournament. That is the epitome of class. Yeah, 100%. And speaking of class, I'll speak to you in the morning. Thank you, David. Don't forget, folks, press room tomorrow morning. Look forward to your company then. And thanks for your company this morning. Have a good day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.